Keeping the faith in the family. Keeping the family in the faith. The scripture is perfect and applicable. The more that we study, the more biblical. Our lives can become, we can even be fun. So long as the truth is our prize. O Lord of all, make us holy and wise. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Faith and Family Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Elaine Muniak, and with me is my wonderfully handsome husband. She's a liar. Ryan Muniak. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. Go to faithfamilyradio.com for more episodes and information on the show. And what are we talking about today, honey? Today we're going to discuss homeschooling and how it Ooh. can affect you. Mm-hmm. Now, this is... Uh, while we were prepping for this, there's so, so many things that we can cover on this subject. And I think we're going to try and cover about everything. <laughs> it's going to be a very broad range for our discussion today. So, first things first, homeschooling. You should do it. Get over it. That about sums up the show. Yeah. Thanks for listening. No, 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 no. I think we have a little bit more to say than that, honey. Oh, okay. I, I guess we'll get into the details. Uh, Yeah. How about we talk about a little bit of um, our story with homeschooling? Okay, so we decided to homeschool. And when did we decide that? I don't know. You told me we're homeschooling. I said, okay, dear. (laughs) Good husband. Good husband. (laughs) No, it's been a while. I mean... It's, I can't even think to the the day that we, like, officially decided. I mean, it's kind of just been silently agreed upon for a long time with us. Like, that's right. just how we're going to do it. And I think part of that reason is because we're both public schoolers. We grew up in the public school system, and we've seen the product of the uh, we've seen the product of the public school system being pumped out mm-hmm. were, were examples of that and were it not for the blood of Jesus Christ saving us and opening our eyes to many uh, many things mm-hmm. we we'd probably be sending our kids to public school but mm-hmm. we won't we won't <laughs> yeah uh, that's definitely one reason that made us want to just turn tail and run from the public school is our experience in the public school. Right. Um, another thing was we just wanted to teach our kids God's word, and, and public school doesn't offer that. So Absolutely. And, you know, you got, uh, I think it was Ken Ham that talks about how we send our kids to public school for 30 to 40 hours a week and you know they go there to learn the real stuff quote unquote but then we send them to Sunday school for one hour a week where they learn Bible stories who who are they going to believe after years of that indoctrination Mm -hmm. that's right and you know we also just wanted them to have you know speaking of all the hours that the, the public school kids invest in we wanted them, our kids, to have a set time for school and then just to be done with it. No extra work when they're done. Just, you know, doing the work all at once, getting it over with, and then they can feel free to go about their day. Right. If you look at the public schoolers' schedule, if you consider their schooling to be equivalent to a person's work, they're working 10 to 12 hours a day. 
just on their their schoolwork. You got you know seven eight hours in school, and then you got three four hours more mm-hmm. outside of school doing homework. And I I bet there's a lot of kids out there that just feel overworked, and it causes them to get lax in their studies. I think part of it is just wanting our kids to have a chance to be kids in addition to learning, to to be able to go out and do the things they want to do and not feel like they're neglecting their studies in any way. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times with the public school, the stuff that they're teaching the students mm-hmm. isn't of any value. Mm-hmm. I mean, perfect example. I flunked algebra because they started putting letters with numbers, and I said, hey, hey, those are two different classes. You keep them separate. (laughs) But uh, apparently that's a big thing in school, and I have yet to use that in real life. Now, that's not to say that there are probably jobs where you'll get to use some of the things you learn, but... Yeah, if you become a rocket scientist. I think ultimately, though, the biggest... The biggest thing that caused us to say we're homeschooling is just the the feeling uh, that that's what God would want us to do. That that's what the scriptures were were showing us was the right and good thing to do. Yes, and we'll get into those scriptures a little later on. But maybe the people want to know how it is we homeschool. Mm-hmm. Why don't you... Kind of go into the details of how we do things. Okay. Well, we have two girls. One is three and one is four right now. So they're at the preschool age. And we uh, have visited a discount bookstore and they had a ton of uh, different workbooks. And so I just grabbed a couple, um, a math book, an alphabet book, and started there. And then uh, I branched out and they've done... They're now doing signing videos. In addition to that, they're practicing writing. Sarah's reading books. And so uh, we've kept it pretty simple. Um, I know mm-hmm. I loved the workbooks as a kid. That's really what was the draw for me. But um, that's not going to stay. You know, this year right. we're actually going to start officially homeschooling our oldest. And we're going to buy an official curriculum for her at that point. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's neat to see that even though we're not doing any official curriculum, the children are still learning mm-hmm. exactly what they need to be learning. I mean, there's been times where we'll be on face, we'll post pictures on Facebook of what they've done for the day in school, and people will be like, wow, I can't believe your kids are already at that level. And we're like, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, we didn't even realize that they were doing something that most students aren't at that level yet. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, it really comes down to training your kids um, at an early age. And I think we've been vigilant to work on that. And we'll talk about that a little bit more about what age to start with the with the schooling. But I definitely think that has been helpful in their learning and has mm-hmm. helped them to just excel and and achieve what they have so far. Mm-hmm. One, one thing I will say, though, is it's not all a bed of roses. There are definite difficulties with, with homeschooling as well. For example focus. The the children uh, can lose their focus pretty easy. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, that's a struggle even for us as adults sometimes, <laughs> especially if it's something, you know, we're not interested in as much as, you know, sitting around and watching a favorite TV show or whatever it is our interest is. But once they've gotten focused, it's amazing how quickly they get their work done. Right. And we didn't have to pump them full of Ritalin to get this. Right, yes. (laughs) Uh, There are some times where we know that it's a five to ten minute activity or sheet that they have to do. And it will take three, four hours just because they can't stay focused. So it it can be challenging. It's not easy work. It's not for someone who plans to just be lazy. Mm -hmm. Um, You have to put the effort into training your children. Yes, and you need to persevere because they are going... Some of the children that you will teach will be very stubborn. Like our daughter, Sarah, she, if it's hard or she just has no interest in it, she, she rebels a little bit. She'll try and get out of it and just not do it. And we have to just stick to our guns and say, listen, you're not going to get to play until you get this work done. And she's gotten an understanding that that's the way things are. And because of that, she's improved and she's much more quick to get her work done. So perseverance is very important when you have struggles like that. So persevering is really important. And you will see results. I mean, there are struggles, but there are also victories. Yes. Like Sarah, while she's been having struggles with writing and alphabet letters, she blew us away one day not too long ago when she just opened up a book and started reading all by herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ryan actually was the one to witness it, and he came downstairs and told me, and I'm like, you are fooling yourself. This child obviously has the book memorized and is just reciting it to you. Until I went and got a book from the library, and she was able to read that one and just blew me away. I was just so impressed. Like, I had no clue that my daughter was that smart already. (laughs) Yeah, and Lydia, our Mm three-year-old, isn't much farther behind Sarah, who's four. Mm -hmm. She's actually, I would say, almost caught up to Sarah in the alphabet and, mm-hmm. and even the math. Mm-hmm. I mean, her writing isn't as legible, but she's definitely um, keeping up surprisingly well for being a, a year behind her sister. So, yeah. Yeah. And she's amazing at memorizing scripture. Mm-hmm. I mean, what takes, you know, all of us, you know, a couple of weeks to memorize, she's got it down in probably three, four days, a week at most. She She's amazing at that. And it definitely helps, too, if you can have um, scripture songs. I've noticed that anytime we've incorporated music with the scriptures, they learn it really fast. I mean, just astonishingly fast. I would say, I would say a day, and they've got it down. Because once the melody is in there, the words follow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's it's such a blessing to see them grow and progress and and signing. They're they're amazing at sign language, and I see them signing to strangers, and I have to translate for them because the strangers looking at them like, "What are you trying to say to me?" Or when she's in trouble and she doesn't want to answer us, she'll sign yes. Mm-hmm. Like, are you all done with your attitude? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
So yeah, it, they've come a long way, and I'm. It just shows that God's an amazing creator. He created our mind, and He created our minds to be like sponges at such a young age. Ohio Fire is coming to Columbus, Ohio, April 8th and 9th. Hosted by Striving for Eternity Ministries, Ohio Fire will encourage and train Christians to mature in their faith and share the gospel with the lost. Hear Phil Johnson and Dr. Thomas White on the topic, the Word of God. And after the conference, you'll have a chance to hit the streets of Columbus with trained team leaders. Ohio Fire, April 8th and 9th. For details and to register, go to ohiofire.org. Welcome back to Faith and Family Radio with Ryan and Elaine. Go to faithfamilyradio.com for more information, episodes, and all that good stuff that you get on the website. Today we're talking about homeschooling. And, you know, homeschooling's been kind of in the news a lot lately. For example, you had, I think it was the Ramoki family that was in Germany or something. They fled to America because they were being persecuted for training their children in Christian values and stuff like that and they actually were going to be uh, what's the word where they get sent back deported deported they were going to be deported by the US government Mm -hmm. because they were here illegally but that doesn't make any sense because Obama's kind of like hey everybody come on in and take our stuff yeah the gates are pretty open (laughs) for America right now so it, it was weird to see that uh, but in the end, they were granted amnesty and allowed to stay in the country. I just think it's terrifying that we live in a world where people can have their children taken from them just because they don't want the state to dictate their children's education. It's yeah. terrifying. I mean, since when is it okay to take away someone's children because you disagree with their belief system? How is that harming them and endangering them? It's not like these children are strapping them, you know, bombs to themselves and blowing up buildings. Right. I mean, if you were to do a Google search, Google News search for homeschool or homeschoolers, you would see countless articles talking about people being harassed because they homeschool. Mm-hmm. Typically, it's people who are Christian. Mm-hmm. that are homeschooling, that are being harassed. Uh, you got, just looking right here real quick at christiannews.net, the Christian News Network, homeschool couple pepper sprayed in front of children, a homeschooling family suing New Jersey CPS for $60 million because of their unconstitutional home intrusion. Mm-hmm. And it, the list goes on and on. Kentucky police seized 10 children of homeschooling off-grid family, and they arrested the pregnant mother. It's amazing. Not only are they um, arriving in a hostile way, they're threatening to take the children away. They are threatening uh, whatever they can to get into the home, and they don't even have warrants. They have no legal right to enter the home, and yet they act as if they do, and they terrify parents. These mm-hmm. parents are just trying to comply and and move the process along so that they'll be left alone, mm-hmm. and they make things even worse for them. Yeah, and you know, just because CPS shows up at your door does not mean you have to let them in. Mm-hmm. Unless they have a warrant, don't open that door. Mm-hmm. If they have police with them, don't open that door. 
mm-hmm. unless they have a warrant. They, you do not have to legally allow them entrance. Mm-hmm. If CPS shows up, the first thing you want to do is call a lawyer, mm-hmm. call an attorney. Uh, HSLDA, the Homeschool Legal Defense Association, mm-hmm. they would be a good peop- good company to call, good ministry to call. Mm-hmm. Uh, homeschool, uh, there's another one, Alliance Defending Freedom, I think it, it, they do homeschooling cases as well. Mm-hmm. Contact those companies, those organizations. Mm-hmm. They have uh, membership fees that you can do on a monthly basis, basically keeping an attorney on retainer for you mm-hmm. for what was it like ten dollars a month it's very very affordable um the other thing I, I would encourage is just to make sure that your speech is um not hostile but at the same time be very careful with your words because they will try and use that against you you want to keep your words short and you want to repeat yourself. Make sure, if you're able, record the conversation even. Yeah, and make sure that when you speak, you're only giving information necessary. Mm-hmm. Give very little information. Speak as little as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't personally had any issues with CPS, but we have known people who have, and just looking at the news articles, we have looked into this a little bit. We want to make sure that we're prepared. Yes, and you should be prepared if something like this were to happen to you. We're not trying to scare you and say that this will happen if you homeschool because there's many people out there that homeschool and they never see CPS ever. Mm -hmm. But we should be prepared. We should be ready if something like this were to happen because CPS shows up at the drop of a hat. Anyone just anonymously calls about you and says, hey, I don't think they're doing things right. Mm -hmm. And they can show up. Mm -hmm. And they can take your kids. And they will lie and do whatever they can in order to take your kids. I'm not exactly sure why. I'm sure there are some conspiracy theories out there as to why they want to take all our our homeschooled kids away from us. Uh, but there's, you know, I can't verify those mm-hmm. factually. Well, whatever the reason they are for visiting your home, you want to make sure that you respond in a God-honoring way and in a way that um, keeps you and your family safe. Um, you have, you need to understand that they received that call. They have a job to do. Um, that doesn't mean you have to go along with everything they say, though, if it's not legal. Right. Now. To kind of put you at ease and switch gears a little bit, I want to talk about some good news regarding homeschoolers. Apparently, there's this movement in the United States where states are passing laws so that homeschoolers, homeschool students, can go to public schools and play on the sports teams for public schools, Mm. which makes sense i mean we're still paying taxes for the school districts and everything so there's you know our money is the same to them Mm -hmm. why shouldn't we our children be allowed to play with them if we're paying for the taxes for all that stuff Mm -hmm. yeah no that's that's a nice thing for um parents who would like to get their children more involved in extracurricular activities but still would like to homeschool and teach them you know biblical truths and whatnot yeah and I don't know if I said this earlier, but it looks like there's about 
half of the states in the United States of America currently that are allowing this and even more are pushing for it. Alabama is pushing a bill to allow homeschoolers to play in public sports. Now, do you think, honey, that we'll have our kids involved in in something like that? What are your thoughts about that? You know, I'm not sure if we will do something like that or not. I mean, I'm not against it. I just don't know if we're going to do it or not. I've heard that there are a lot of good qualities in being on a team and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. but you can also get into some bad things. So Mm -hmm. I think it's something that we would really need to pray about and and Mm -hmm. discuss with our pastor and see what he says. Well, it's also very time-consuming, and the more children you have and the more you sign them up, the more you're going to be running them around and not having quality time with them after their schoolwork, too. So that is something to consider. Yes, that that's very true. So, what, like Ryan said, be discerning, pray about it, and see if, you know, that's where your family would like to go. It, it would be a, a good opportunity for parents and children to minister. Yeah. So. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, what are your thoughts, listeners? Do you think homeschoolers should go to the public school and, and join in on the public sporting events? Should your student, your kids go and join with these public school students to play sports? Call 513-900-8070. Let us know what your thoughts are. Imagine Jesus walking onto your local college campus. What would he say? Would he be like Matthew chapter 9, seeing the people harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd? And say, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. At Christian Collegiate Network, we are sending workers into the harvest. We are training students how to proclaim the glorious gospel. If you want to support our ministry at Christian Collegiate Network by becoming a campus leader or financially, go to changeyourcampus.com. We're talking today about homeschooling. Quit tickling my feet. (laughs) That's what you get for using your husband as a footstool. He'll tickle you. (laughs) So, honey, what are the kids being exposed to in schools nowadays? I mean, what were we exposed to that's probably still going on today? We know it's still going on today. Yeah, I don't think I can name some of the stuff on the air. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Um... One of the the biggest things is evolution. I mean, that is in all the science classrooms, and creation is non-existent as an option for for teaching, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can't you can't even question evolution no. without being mocked and ridiculed. Mm-hmm. They will accept uh, Christians who believe in evolution and try and tie that into scripture before they'll believe or uh, give you any credibility if you believe in a six-day creation. Mm-hmm. It's, it's insane. Actually, from my experience is I've seen that people who believe in theistic evolution mm-hmm. to try and marry the two worldviews, mm-hmm. the people on the evolution side who don't believe in a creator, don't believe in theistic evolution, but mm-hmm. just evolution in general, they still laugh at the theistic evolutionists. Mm-hmm. And they say that they're inconsistent with their worldview, with their Bible. Mm-hmm. And I agree. Mm-hmm. I don't see it in scripture. And In fact, it contradicts scripture yeah if you try and say that you know oh god used millions of years and ken ham does a great job of uh debunking that and really just tearing apart that argument (laughs) 
Right, and you've got all these different theories trying to fit millions of years into the Bible, Mm -hmm. but it's not there. If you just open the Bible, go to the first book, Genesis 1, and you read it, you will not read plainly anything about evolution unless you've been indoctrinated to put it in the text. To manipulate the text, to make it say what you want, and that is dangerous territory. So, but um another another thing that's just oh it's it's so sad is promiscuity. It's being encouraged, taught, promoted, and not only that girls and boys are taught to be free with their bodies without any sort of consequence. Right. You can have boys go into the girls' locker room just because Hey, it's a Tuesday and I feel like a girl. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but I don't want my girls going into that locker room. Mm-hmm. Not only that, uh, you know, sex ed is just so graphic these days. I mean, just telling kids the hows and whys and who's and what's and just... And not only that, there's the issue of birth control being promoted so strongly and abortion. Kids can go and get an abortion without having to tell their parents a thing. Well, you know, a lot of sex ed classes are being taught by Planned Parenthood even. Mm -hmm. I've seen this. They will come in, they will teach the students about sex ed. I mean, as as early as, I think, kindergarten, they're trying to start sex ed classes. Mm -hmm. And they got Planned Parenthood coming in teaching them you can do whatever you want. Uh, I've seen reports where they're teaching uh, kids that, you know, rape and bondage and all that kind of stuff is okay Mm -hmm. um, as long as you're okay with it. And, you know, they'll they'll give out free condoms. I'm sorry, but who, who trusts a condom from an abortion provider? Not uh, only that, who trusts a, a teenager with a condom to be responsible? I mean, it, it's, say, it's giving them mixed messages to say sex is something that's precious and needs to be guarded. But at the same time, here's a condom right. in case you're going to have sex. That would be equivalent to saying, hey, don't drive my car at 10 years old, but here's the keys. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it's ludicrous. Um, and they're not only talking about sex openly, they're talking about sexual identity, sexual orientation. I mean, they're just doing a broad scope on the sexual immorality scale here. It's not just one area. It's everything. Right. The old song, Anything Goes, mm-hmm. really applies to the public school. Anything goes. Mm-hmm. And celebrating that and affirming that, regardless of what their upbringing is, what their their parents are valuing, it, it's disturbing. And if they question it or uh, confront the what is being pushed on them, then they get in trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, if if for example, if one of my daughters were to go to a public school, go into a female locker room, and a boy was in there getting undressed, and she were to tell someone, she would be. Suspended. Mm-hmm. She would be for in being trouble intolerant because she's not tolerant of that person. Yeah, um, and it's sad that we live in a society that um, will trump a young girl's comfort level and her safety over um, over this. It's it's really disturbing. Yep. Uh, go Sorry, ahead, honey. Okay, uh, I, I was just gonna say another thing that the kids have to deal with is peer pressure. Mm-hmm. You know, it, not just the the faculty and whoever they bring in to teach the students mm-hmm. are pushing stuff, but even mm-hmm. their peers are mm-hmm. pushing stuff on them. Sex, drugs, rock and roll. Oh, wait, no, that's the song. <laughs> Alcohol, smoking, 
all different kinds of stuff is being pushed on them from people of their own age. Yeah, and it's it's so sad because I know that there are teachers who try so hard to combat peer pressure, but it's still there. I know that in spite of all the teaching I got in school, it meant nothing when one of my peers wanted uh, to encourage me in a way that was I knew was wrong. It All that teaching went right out the window. Absolutely. You know, the cops have the D.A.R.E. program mm-hmm. to fight against drug use. It's like, yeah, that was all great. And, you know, I excelled in that program. Mm-hmm. But that all went out, like you said, out the mm-hmm. window as soon as someone said, hey, you want to go get high? Mm-hmm. You know, immediately I was like, yeah, I want to be I want to be with the cool kid. Mm-hmm. You know, they weren't very cool, by the way. No. But, you know, I immediately dismissed everything I had learned in in dare and mm-hmm. about drugs and stuff because the students care so much more about what others think of them than what's right a lot of times mm-hmm. especially you know the students that don't have the the moral upbringing that um other more advantaged i guess kids i don't want to use that word but you know the kids that come from a christian home mm-hmm. but um and I don't want to say that all the teachers, though, are pushing all of these things on the kids because there are Christian teachers yes. there, um, but they are not allowed to publicly speak on, against these issues. And that's right. what makes it so so challenging for them is I know they want to be salt and light, mm-hmm. but we're living in a society that, that doesn't allow that. Yeah, I actually remember being taught about evolution in 10th grade, I think it was. And I've never really been one to buy into the whole evolution thing. And that was before I was a Christian. But I actually was attending a church with my uncle uh, against my will at the time. But they had these gospel tracts and one talked about evolution. So I brought it to this teacher that was teaching me evolution. He looked at it and he said, yeah, I don't actually believe in evolution, but I have to teach it. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Yeah. And, and that's sad too because I think it's it's so wrong when christian teachers buckle when they mm. sacrifice the truth of god's word um because they are told to do so i mean i, I understand that it's it's a, a hard thing to do to stand up when everyone else is against you but it, it it's still i don't think that's pleasing to the lord speaking of buckling how many christian teachers and students even have had to do some of these pro-Muslim lessons and assignments in school. Mm-hmm. You know, there's one that was recently on the news that where you had to draw this logo or writing of, of from slogan? the Islamic faith, the slogan from the Islamic faith that talked about Allah being the one true God and Muhammad is his prophet. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're a Christian, truly a Christian, you can't write that mm-hmm. because you are, by writing that, you are denying Christ. You're denying the faith. Mm-hmm. And thereby, you're failing the assignment. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to do? Are you going to mm-hmm. write the write what the thing says to pass the class and then deny Christ? Or are you going to stand firm on your beliefs and take an F? And that's just the the problem, though, is that you can't opt out of these these days. They are trying to force our kids 
to participate in religious activities that aren't a part of their own religious belief system. And they, you know, if they try and opt out, they are seen as bigots and they are reprimanded and they are given bad grades. And it, it's just startling. It's crazy how, how the system is being run these days. Mm-hmm. You know, you see a recent rise in socialism and Marxism in our society. Where do you think that came from? It came from the public schools. The they're teaching moral relativism. They're teaching um, secular humanism mm-hmm. in these classes, mm-hmm. and and they're teaching Islam. They're teaching yoga in gym class, which is Hinduism. It, they're teaching a lot of stuff. They're very tolerant of anything that is non-Christian. But when it comes to Christian beliefs, get out. Don't even bring your Bible to school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was, that's another news story that I heard about not too long ago was a student during free reading time had his Bible confiscated. He was reading his Bible during free reading time. Mm-hmm. He, it was confiscated because he's not allowed to have that, and he re- refused to to give it up. They took it from him and they suspended him, I believe. That's ridiculous. But you're right, honey. It just shows the school system, if it has anything to do with the biblical God and, you know, the Redeemer, Jesus Christ, they want nothing to do with it um, because they want to raise a society, a godless society. Well, yeah. Sin is encouraged in the public schools, like we were talking about, how they push transgenderism, homosexuality. They push Islam. They push everything under the sun that is against Christ, against the one true God. Mm-hmm. So true. Now, we're talking a lot about the negative aspects of the public school system, but there are a lot of people who think there's a lot of negative aspects to homeschooling. So what do you think, honey? Um, one of the big arguments is that kids who are homeschooled just are not socialized. What would you say if someone approached you and said that about our kids? I would say so. <laughs> Short and sweet, just like like you. Yeah. That's how his answers are, folks. Um, how about we expound on that a little bit more, though, honey? How about <laughs> we talk about um, why um, we believe that that is a foolish question, a foolish argument against homeschooling? It's a myth. It's a cop-out, definitely. You know, our children are very socialized. Yeah. For example, just today, we took them to Chick-fil-A. Well, I, I took them to Chick-fil-A while you went shopping. Mm-hmm. But they Grocery went... shopping. I'm not abandoning my kids to go on a shopping spree, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> but I took them to Chick-fil-A to, you know, to go play with the other kids and everything. They had a great time, didn't want to leave, but... Our kids are definitely socialized. Not only that, but they're socialized with people not only in their own age group, but with people older than them, younger than them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they know how to interact with people of all different age groups, and not just Christian people. I mean, they interact with um, people when we go out and do ministry work. Yes, that's true. Our our girls love handing out gospel tracts and, you know, they see how mommy and daddy are interacting with people when we're in one-on-one conversations. So they see, you know, they don't just see this 
nice Christian bubble. Mm. We take them out into the world so that they can see what they're quote-unquote missing Mm -hmm. out there. And this way they can do it in a way that um, doesn't provide um, strong bad influences. We can very much um, guide them in their relationships, which I think at this age is an appropriate thing to do, to not just let them hang out with the riffraff and allow them to get drugged down with kids that are going to be uh, troublesome. Yeah, and you know, another myth for homeschooling that people tend to bring up is that parents aren't qualified to teach their kids what they need to know in order to become successful adults. Now, Elaine, are, are you qualified to teach our children? Based on whose standard? Mmm, snap. <laughs> no, I, you know, I think, you know, even in my own mind, I've thought I am not qualified to do this. But God in his word has said that he has given us everything we need as far as uh, pertaining to life and godliness. So right there, we are equipped with what we need as Christians. And so I believe that he has given us the capacity to train up our children in all those areas as well. Um, but another thing is so often we can think that we're underqualified and, you know, like I have, and, but I've seen the fruit of my work. Um, I've thought to myself, this is just not working. This is challenging. What did I get myself into? And then we see Sarah starting to read and we're like, wow, we, we can do this. God has, um, allowed us enough smarts to be able to handle this. (laughs) Right. And when we get to a point where we don't know information that we're supposed to be teaching the children, that's what the workbooks are for. The teacher's handout, the teacher's books, they have all the answers in them. And YouTube is also a wonderful tool for learning things that Mm -hmm. you don't know. Like, I know how to work on a car. I never knew that before until YouTube. And it's such a great opportunity for you to even learn alongside your kids. And that is, I think, a great bonding experience is to know that you and the child have learned something together. Mm Mm-hmm. And don't be so prideful as to say you can't learn from your child either. Mm-hmm. They, they may go on to be a rocket scientist and know how to do math that has letters and numbers. <laughs> it's okay to say, you know what, I don't know that. Teach it to me, son. But honey, aren't our kids being sheltered? And doesn't homeschool fail to, you know, prepare them for the real world? I think we pretty much addressed that uh, earlier with saying that we socialize our kids. We take our kids out. They're not sheltered. We show them the real world, but we show it to them in a biblical worldview, in a biblical mindset. And not only that... um, there are so many things that are practical for adulthood that I didn't learn in school. And there are things I still don't know because I didn't learn them in school that I wish I knew how to do. So homeschooling offers a great opportunity for us to teach our kids things that will prepare them for adulthood. Not to say that there aren't programs in the school um, you know, for money management and whatnot, but a lot of times kids don't know about them or they're not um, mandated. So a, a lot of kids don't even get those. But things like learning how to um, take care of your home if you're a female, learning how to provide for your family if you're a male, um, learning responsibility, learning good character, being having good integrity. These are all things that will prepare them for adulthood that we can teach them as homeschoolers. Yes, and bringing up the things we teach as homeschoolers, 
a lot of people say that we won't teach them any values or any worldviews aside from our own, that we're so close-minded to anything else. No, we teach them other people's worldviews. We teach them about evolution. We teach them about Islam and Buddhism and Hinduism and all the other religions and everything. We teach them all this stuff, mm -hmm. but we teach them using a biblical worldview mm -hmm. and we teach them that those worldviews are incorrect, that are that they are incompatible with the Bible. Mm -hmm. And we teach them why. Mm -hmm. And we do, I mean, and there are so many opportunities in life to get into those conversations with the kids, whether it's when we're out ministering or if there's a kid's show on that mentions millions of years. Um, it's, it's another opportunity to tell them um, what the Bible teaches and why we believe that to be true and how to give an answer for the faith. Yes. And there's one more myth that people bring up all the time and it kind of irks me. And that is, how can your kids be salt and light for other children if they're homeschooled, if you don't send them to public school? Why does that irk you, honey? They're not saved. They are not salt and light. But what if they are? Okay, so say your children actually are saved. Say they're not just false converts or something like that. They're going to school to learn stuff. They're not going to school to be missionaries to the school system. Mm -hmm. If they were there to focus on being missionaries, they would flunk mm -hmm. every class. Are you okay with that? Mm -hmm. Because if that's why you're sending your children to public school, you need to be okay with horrible grades. I think Christian parents need to remember that there are plenty of opportunities for their kids, if they're saved, to minister. And it doesn't involve putting them into a public school system that is going to challenge every single one of your beliefs all day, every day for 180 days a year. Exactly. How how are you going to combat everything that they are indoctrinated about mm -hmm. in the public school? How are you going to beat that? Mm -hmm. You need to bring them home. We already talked about how they do schoolwork for 10 to 12 hours a day in public school. Mm -hmm. You are going to have to do 10 to 12 hours a day of unindoctrination when they get home. That leaves no time for sleep for anybody. And we, we all know how much mom and dad need sleep. Yes. <laughs> we definitely know. <laughs> but... um. No, if you're if you really want your children to be salt and light, and I understand that desire as a parent, then take them on outreaches that you go on sh to where you share the gospel. Um, get them involved in the um, after school um, extracurriculars, the sporting events, to where they can um, minister to kids their own age. Um, there are other options that don't involve throwing them into the public school system. We'll be right back on Faith and Family Radio, faithfamilyradio.com. There are things that cause the heart to wonder. Or inspiring things that can't be explained. That you never thought you would see. After more than 4,000 years... It's your moment to encounter the Ark. The voyage begins again, July 7. We are talking about homeschooling. And up until this point, we've pretty much been just sharing our lives and our opinions. But let's get down to what scripture has to say on the matter, because really, that's the most important thing. So you're saying that 
it's scriptural to homeschool. Yes. Show, tell me, where in the Bible does it show scripture? Well, l- let me ask you this first. Is there anywhere in the Bible where it shows people sending their kids away to be taught? Like, for example, public school, where we send our kids over to other people? Kind of. Um, you know, the one that comes to mind, um, the one uh, portion of scripture is the story regarding Samuel and how his mother prayed for him. And then um, after he was weaned, he was sent to Eli. But we see very clearly, though, just through scripture, that this is kind of the exception and not the rule. And we also see that he was being trained by a priest. He was not being trained by a bunch of secular humanists with a hidden agenda. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, what else? Any other situations where people were sent away? Um, well, we see mostly when people are being taught in the Bible, they're adult men and women, and it's usually um, they're being taught by someone in church leadership, someone who's known for, for wisdom, in particular spiritual wisdom. Mm. So, I mean, the the examples we see are not comparable to sending your kid off to public school. And again, like I said, it was the exception, not the rule. Um, what the rule typically was in scripture is that parents would train up their children. And um, I've actually got some scripture here. Honey, why don't I give a scripture and then you talk a little bit about what the scripture's meaning is and how that applies to what we're talking about. I'll do my best. Okay. Proverbs 1.8. Hear, my son, your father's instruction and forsake not your mother's teaching. Listen up and shut up. That was good. I like that. (laughs) Is that the message version? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, this is talking about being instructed by your parents, being instructed by the teaching, the instruction of, of your father and your mother. Don't forsake it. Listen to them. They are wise. They, they know what they're talking about when they're trying to teach you. And they're the most invested in you. Absolutely. They, they, they want you to succeed. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's another scripture, honey. Deuteronomy uh, chapter 6. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. So I think this one's pretty self-explanatory there. You shall teach them diligently to your children. Teach God's ways to your children. It's very clear. And, I mean, it's, it basically says to do it all the time. Just constantly be teaching and training your children in the ways of the Lord. So that means, like, when you're at the dinner table and when you're, you know, out grocery shopping all the time, honey, or, or, or just some of the time, just during school hours? Well, while I don't want to get legalistic and say you have to do no something absolutely all the time, even when they're sleeping, because, you know, <laughs> hey, that's part of time. No, but take the opportunity when you see a moment in your life 
Mm-hmm. When you see a teachable moment, use it mm-hmm. for God's glory and your children's knowledge and upbringing their, for their benefit. Not only that, but I mean, what you talk about with your kids shows your priorities, what's important to you. And to, if you're going, if they see you talking about the Lord every day, all day, in different circumstances, in different situations, I think that'll have a great impact on them. Yeah, and an example would be like... Honey, you said you were at the grocery store earlier today. Had you taken one of the kids with you that could actually learn, because uh, you only took Benjamin, who's not even six months. Mm-hmm. But had you taken, like, Sarah? You know, she's learning about uh, money right now. You could have told her, you know, here's the total that I have to pay, and, you know, we're going to count this out. There's this many pennies, this many whatever. You know, it can be a teachable moment. You have to look for those moments and use them. But we're talking about teachable moments as far as God's way is concerned with that scripture, aren't we, honey? Yes. But you make a very valid point that the world is a classroom and we ought to be teaching our kids in our day-to-day lives in other areas as well. And that is um, pleasing and honoring to the Lord, that we would teach our children to be wise, to make wise decisions in, in other areas that aren't... Um, religiously focused, I guess you could say. Um, Proverbs 22, 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Okay, now this one is often misused, misconstrued, because a lot of times people will read this and think, oh, so if I bring my child up in the ways of the Lord and do Bible study with them and everything, they'll be saved. That's not what this verse means. In fact, that's almost a name it and claim it type of theology with this verse, wouldn't you say? Um, I don't know that I would go that far, but it's definitely taking your child's salvation into your own hands instead of Mm -hmm. leaving it in God's, Mm -hmm. which that's never good. No, but I mean, while it is not a guarantee, I definitely see... uh, the the verse meaning that it you know teaching our children the ways of God is very important and it could have an impact on where they end up spiritually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know while they this won't save them to teach them God's ways, this passage, this proverb is saying generally when a child grows up. They will remember what they've learned as a child, and they will apply it to their lives as an adult. Mm-hmm. Good point, honey. Um, in Ephesians chapter 6, it says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Okay, so this one is, you know, it's, well, I want to mention the fact that it's focused on dads, on fathers. You know, it's talking about provoking your children to anger. Don't do that. You know, don't seek to entice anger within them. Don't be irrational with them. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, you want to bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. So, honey, um, could this verse be like when um, you as a parent say, don't do that because I said so, versus like bringing them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord would be, we don't do this because, and here's the Bible says Yeah, that. the Bible says this. To not just um, wave away when they, they legitimately question why we do what we do. Absolutely. We, 
You know, we should have an answer when they ask us for why we do things the way we do them. Mm-hmm. You know, why can't we tell lies? Why can't we steal? Well, the Bible says, you shall not lie, you shall not steal. Mm-hmm. The Bible says, all liars have their part in the lake of fire. The Bible says, no thief will enter the kingdom of heaven. We don't want you to go to hell. We want you to go to heaven. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we teach you, do not lie, do not steal. I think that teaches them also that God's word is where we go to for the answer about anything. Um, and that it gives um, authority, credibility to the statements we make. Well, God says, and he has made the whole universe, and he is perfect and righteous, and he knows what's best. Um, mm-hmm. And he will crush you like a bug. <laughs> so repent, you sinner. Yeah, that's, right. that's why our children are coming to me in the middle of the night with nightmares now. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> No, no, no. You don't want to preach condemnation in a way that terrifies the children in an unhealthy way. But there should be a little bit of godly fear. Um, yes, they need a right bit. understanding of God. Now, let's go to the the last verse that I have here, honey. Um, and I, I want your thoughts on it. It says, this is Psalm 1-1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. Now, what do you think about that? Hmm. Well... That one, I almost want to say it's not really applicable to homeschooling, but if you take a minute, read it over a couple of times and you think about it, it is applicable because who are the wicked? The wicked are anyone who is unsaved. Not that people who are saved weren't at one point in time wicked. We we are. We understand that. Mm-hmm. None are good. No, not one. Mm-hmm. But sending your children to those who are unsaved to learn things, you're going against this scripture that says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. You're sending them to the wicked for counsel, for teaching. So if you're blessed to not walk in the counsel of the wicked, what does that mean when you do walk in the counsel of the wicked? Hmm. Well, I'm sure some people would disagree with me here, but you're cursed. You're you're cursing your children at that point. I definitely think you're setting them up to um, turn their backs on God. I mean, that, and that's terrifying to think about it because I know no Christian's intent is that when they put their kids in the public school. Mm-hmm. But you see it time and time again where they send their kids to public schools and then, you know, 18 years later, their kids come out and say they're diehard atheists mm-hmm. or homosexuals or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the Christian parents are like, where did I go wrong? What happened to my kids? Uh, you sent your kids to the wicked to be trained. And that's what it'll produce. Rotten fruit will, or a rotten tree will produce rotten fruit. Right. Bible talks about how uh, bad company corrupts good morals. Mm-hmm. That's right. And, and, you know, that's why it's important who your kids associate with. And, I mean, school, it's eight hours a day. So that's a long time to be associating with those people. So just be very, very careful of who you allow your kids to learn from um, and to be influenced by. Not just in the school, but on television and in the media and, and other areas of life. Mm-hmm. This is Faith and Family Radio. The good news is Striving for Eternity would love to come to your church to spend two days with your folks teaching them biblical hermeneutics. That's right, the art and science of interpreting scripture 
The bad news is somebody attending might be really upset to discover Jeremiah 2911 should not be their life verse. To learn more, go to strivingforeternity.org to host a Bible interpretation made easy seminar in your area. Welcome back to Faith and Family Radio with Ryan and Elaine. Go to faithfamilyradio.com for more information, episodes, show notes, and all that good stuff that you find at a radio show website. We're talking about homeschooling. What are the benefits of homeschooling? Mm-hmm. What, what, do, what do people get out of it? Well, one of the greatest things that um, I think we've gotten out of it is just more time with the kids than those that are just thrown into a preschool or public school mm-hmm. setting. Yeah, and you get to decide what your children learn. You know, they don't mm-hmm. get indoctrinated with anything under the sun or whatever the government decides is the best thing for your children to learn this week. You get to decide what they learn. Mm-hmm. And in a Christian home like ours, they learn that wonky stuff too, but they learn it in the context in the context of a biblical worldview. So they know that it's wonky. Mm-hmm. And I think when you can choose your own curriculum too, it makes it more fun because you can really accommodate the curriculum to your child's interests. Um, at times, I mean, I won't say that all the, the, they learn has to be things that they like, but mm-hmm. um, that can definitely help make learning a more enjoyable experience. You know, you can also, I think I mentioned this earlier, it's an opportunity to learn alongside your children. Mm-hmm. You can learn with them. I know. And, and that's something that terrifies me and excites me at the same time because I know as they get older, their uh, their curriculum is just going to get more and more challenging for me as a parent. Um, it's already challenging for me, by the way. Yeah, I know that the colors and shapes, you know, uppercase and lowercase letters. I mean, come on, really. Right, right. And <laughs> sentences. I mean, come on. Who's got time for that? That's right. It's it's letters and numbers like when you text, you know, I heart you. <laughs> you don't not that you do the hearts, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm I'm not much for the emojis. Those are too hard to figure out. Emojis. Whatever. You talk English real good, honey. <laughs> moving on, moving on. We like to poke fun, but it's 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 in love. It's in love. Christian love. Mm-hmm. I'm in trouble, aren't I? Nah, I just mm-hmm. love you. <laughs> so there's so many benefits to homeschooling, um, from picking what the curriculum is to just having more bonding time with the kids. <clears throat> so you know, there's a lot of. <sighs> people who are considering homeschooling, they've got a lot of questions that they want answered. So, Elaine, maybe you could lend some insight from a mom who's already homeschooling. What if you have a child that, you know, you're considering homeschooling. What if you have a child that has special needs? That's a good question because this is the type of situation where a parent isn't going to automatically know um, how to best um, teach their children at times. Uh, it, that can be very challenging when they need to learn very differently from other kids. 
Um, at that point, I would just encourage a mom to seek out, um, you know, so many hospitals have like speech therapists and physical therapists and things of that nature. Um, I would seek them out. I would seek homeschool support groups. Um, but I really um, would still encourage, if at all possible, for the mom to, to school them. I've heard of moms with kids with Down syndrome or, or other needs um, teaching their kids. Um, so don't think that just because they have a special need that you're completely unqualified. Um, but I would definitely seek out help and assistance for offering um, the best for your child. So maybe even find like a tutor for special needs students that could come alongside you and, and help you to teach your child. Yes. And that way your child is still getting the education that you want and um, you're still upholding the values with your children that you desire, but it's in a, a more controlled setting than just throwing them in the public school system. But mm -hmm. yeah, I would definitely, you know, I would just encourage moms not to be afraid just because your child has special needs. That doesn't mean that they have to go to public school. So what if your child is currently enrolled in public school? What, what do you do? Like you, you just pull them out and is there a process that you have to go through? Well, just like um, when you're enrolling the kids in this uh, in homeschool for the year, I would look and see what your state's laws are regarding uh, the issue. But my personal advice would be to get them out as soon as possible. I feel that nothing but damage really can be done keeping them in. If they are in the school system, have been in for a while, pull them out as fast as you are able to. I mean, obviously, you want to stay within the parameters of the law, mm -hmm. but yeah, yank them out of there as quickly as you can and, you know, start doing your research quickly. Find a curriculum that you can implement, even if it's just temporarily till you find a more permanent style. Yeah. And I would also caution you that it might not be very easy pulling your child out of what they've known as school, you know, public school, mm -hmm. that's what they know as mm -hmm. school. So bringing them home, it will present new challenges and, and struggles. Mm -hmm. You know, they may not associate immediately, hey, school is now also home. Mm -hmm. You know, you may struggle with that a little bit. But at the same time, I want to encourage you and say, just because you're schooling at home doesn't mean your home has to be like school. Mm -hmm. And I also just want to encourage, because I know that in this situation, there'll probably be a big struggle with the child um, feeling as though they have to leave their friends, which they've established there. And that is a, le a legitimate concern for a kid their age. And I would just encourage you as a parent to reach out and provide um, opportunities for your child to interact with those friends of theirs in your home setting. So... Um, that the transition can be a little bit smoother. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Say we decide we still want to put our kids into public school, maybe because we both have to work to make a living or it's a single parent, mm -hmm. has no choice. You know, if you put your kid in school, are you sinning? Are you in sin? That is a very um, difficult question, and it's one that I, I typically have been very strong-minded uh, on the subject. Um, but if we look biblically, we see that sin is transgression of the law. And what is the law of the Ten Commandments? And so uh, technically, I won't say you're going as far as to be in sin, 
but I definitely, definitely would not encourage you to do so by any means possible. Get your kids out of school if they're in and if they're, you know, um, you can homeschool. Um, I mean, I understand that there are circumstances that make it more challenging. Sometimes, though, it's an issue of a two-income household that can be a one-income household. You know, there's so many luxuries that we have that we don't really need. And how much of that money will be going into the education of the child? You know, um, a lot of parents work, have the mom work full time only to pay for daycare or extracurricular activities. So it's really how necessary is the job? Um, But yeah, so I won't go as far as to say you're in sin, but I definitely don't think you're doing it in a way that is most pleasing to the Lord. Let's say that someone after listening to this show is fired up. They're ready. They they want to start homeschooling. Mm-hmm. What do they do? How do they get started? The first thing I would do is check out the laws. See what you have to do to get your child um, enrolled in your state. If you have to do anything, some states you don't have to do anything. You don't have to report it at all. Other states uh, require a little bit more. So find out what your laws are. Um, first of all, so that you're informed, so that you don't have any trouble with truancy or anything like that. We don't want any issues unnecessarily. <clears throat> and then um, find out what your learning style is. That's a big thing that helped me is I had a Christian uh, friend of mine who's a mom ask me that question when I went to her and I really had no clue what she meant by it. So I went online and was looking up all these different learning styles and I found one that I felt would be most suited for our family. And so that's what I would encourage you to do next is just to kind of see what your style is, look it up and then go from there. Look, look for that specific type of curriculum and uh, see uh, how it meets your needs. Um, go to a local homeschool conference even if you want to actually hold the material, look it over um, more intently than just, you know, examining it online. And when you're first starting, I just want to emphasize that you should start simply. Don't pick 20 different curriculums all with just intensive prep work that's going to overwhelm you. Keep it very low key. Um, and especially, I mean, if you're starting in in preschool and kindergarten, I mean, there's not that much that they need to be learning um, to where you need to go overboard with, with the prep work. Um, And I just want to interject, dads, you have a responsibility here as well. Homeschooling is not just mom's responsibility. You should also be coming alongside her to help her with the homeschooling. Now, some of you are probably thinking, well, I can't. I work all day. I'm not at home. Okay, just because you aren't the one actually being there with the children to teach them does not mean you can't be involved. You can help in deciding what curriculum is used. Mm -hmm. You can come home and quiz your kids on what they learned that day. You can do PE with them after school Mm. or after work. You can do many different things. Mm. But the reason I say this is because I was a professing homeschool dad 
but I didn't actually homeschool. It was mom that homeschooled, not me. Mm -hmm. And I learned that I was just being a lazy dad uh, after listening to Paul Washer preach a sermon. And so, again, dads, get up and get doing it. Mm -hmm. Do homeschooling. Don't just sit there and be content to let your wives run the schoolhouse. You are the head of the house, and that includes the schoolhouse. And there's so many ways that dads can train, like my husband was saying, even um, in practical things, like when you get home from your job to have your kids help you with, um, you know, mechanical things, working around the house, um, Mm -hmm. things that, you know, I mean, just get creative with it because you, like he said, you're responsible for training up your children. And it has been a wonderful blessing um, to have Ryan alongside me teaching our children and the the bonding that takes place when we're all together at the table as a family um, doing the lessons is just it's so wonderful. And I, I really, truly feel like it's, it's God's will for families that we would all um, come together and, and learn more about him and learn more how to live for him and please him. Mm-hmm. Another suggestion for you when considering homeschooling is to find out the laws for your state, for your county, for your city. Find out what the laws are regarding homeschooling. Also, I just want to encourage you moms out there to stay in touch with other moms. I mean, we as a body of believers have so much to offer each other, and this is just one way that we can do that. Um, I have a Christian mom friend that I talk to often about homeschooling when I have a struggle or a question uh, because she's right there in the trenches with me. She has the same amount of kids, about the same age, all of them. And it's just really been a blessing. It's a great time to uh, just fellowship too, but to discuss our kids and and our struggles and our victories and just everything. It's such a benefit. Yeah. And... Lastly, I would say, if at all possible, start young. Start when the kids are young so that you don't have to cause such a big shift in their lives when they're older. Um, I mean, even babies can learn, right, honey? Right. And they're sponges at that age. I mean, they absorb so much. I mean, you're already teaching them as parents to walk, to talk, to crawl, um, to hold their heads up, just different things like that. Just incorporate more, incorporate signing, incorporate um, learning words, use flashcards. That has been very helpful with Sarah when she was younger. We had shape ones, colors, numbers, letters. I mean, there's and all they weren't kind of- expensive. They were cheap. We got them at like the dollar store. Yeah. Or you can even print them out and do it like that. I mean, the baby can't tell that it's not as nicely made as the other ones. So why not? Um, Also, um, Bible memorization, that is a great, I mean, as soon as they're able to talk, get God's word in them. Start having them memorize scripture and not just John 3.16, because as great as that verse is, there's so much more to God's word that they can learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, teach them the harder scriptures too. Don't just take it easy on them and teach them John eleven thirty eight that says Jesus wept. Mm-hmm. I, actually, I think it's 
11.35, but... Don't just do the wishy-washy verses. Don't um, don't think that they can't raise up above their level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, you know, the kids are capable of more than we often give them credit for. I mean, when we first moved to Cincinnati, um, we had some woman who ha- was helping us because I had just had a baby, and she started asking Sarah questions, and Sarah was responding, and I was just like, how did she get her to do that and it's just it's sarah knew it i just didn't know how to draw that out of her at the time so just be aware that they probably understand more than you realize so um be working on them with verses and um well just with everything in general mm-hmm. constantly be trying to train them and help them to grow and mature mm-hmm Amen. Because they will take all that information in and not just what we say, but what we do too. So be discerning with that. (laughs) Well, I think that's about all we have for today's show. Elaine, any parting words? Homeschool your kids, (laughs) please. You know, I can't encourage that enough and discourage the public school system enough. I know there are Christian workers in there. There are people, you know, there are even very rarely times where they've been able to share the gospel, but it it seriously is few and far between. Don't risk your children's spiritual future with this. This this is most important. And the one thing I would say is just do it. Don't don't be afraid to do it. Take that step and start homeschooling your kids. You will benefit from it. Your children will benefit from it. And God is glorified in it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all we have for Faith and Family Radio Show today. I'm Ryan. And I'm Elaine. Thanks for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Faith and Family Radio Show. Please share our program with others and leave feedback on social media. Do you have a subject that you'd like us to talk about on a future episode? Let us know at faithfamilyradio.com or by calling 513-900-8070. Thanks for listening and God bless you.